not every day, but most days, I post a picture, a newspaper clipping, or some other image with Nashville baseball as the subject on my Facebook or Instagram or Twitter feed. I'm kind of a fool for those, but based on the likes or the comments I get, I think folks enjoy them. Today, I posted a photograph of my autographed baseball collection, and a comment I received was encouraging me to talk more about those baseballs. So here I am to tell about my collection, gathered from various sources, meetings, and events, and how each one has a Nashville connection. Maybe not a Nashville baseball connection per se, but there's some connection to Nashville nonetheless. And I hope you enjoy learning how I acquired some of them as each has a story. A friend of mine who visits estate sales and auctions and the like called me a few years ago to say he had a box of things I might be interested in. He knew I collected Nashville Vols, Sulphurdale, really anything with a Nashville connection, but he also knew I liked the New York Yankees. I had to drop the Yankees a while back due to retirement, which diluted my collecting budget, but back then I was always interested. I drove over to his house in the Green Hills part of Nashville, and he placed a box on his dining room table, and I began to look through it. As I remember, there was a Joe DiMaggio mini bat and a few Nashville Vols scorebooks, programs, and other things which I've forgotten what they were. And he told me what he wanted for the box, and I agreed. I paid him, put the box in my car, and drove home. I didn't even look in the box until the next day, and when I went through it, to my surprise, down in the bottom was a Yogi Berra autographed baseball with the inscription, it ain't over till it's over. So I called my friend that night and told him that he may not have known what was in the box, and he told me that I bought a box, and I bought whatever was in it, and those things were mine. I'm a member of the Nashville Old Timers Baseball Association, and at our Old Timers banquets over the years, we have one each year. We have a wonderful speaker each time to come in and tell us about their career and other things and sign some things for us, too. And we make MLB baseballs available for fans to purchase to have an autograph, have them autographed by our speakers. And over the years, those speakers have included guys like Tommy John, Bucky Dent, Sonny Gray, Gaylord Perry, Ferguson Jenkins, Raleigh Fingers, Bill Buckner, and many others. And I've got autographs on baseballs for each one of those, and a few others too. But a few stand out to me, such as Marty Brenneman. Now, he wasn't a player, but he had just retired as broadcaster of Cincinnati Reds games. And in our area, Cincinnati Reds have always been strong, along with, of course, Atlanta Braves and St. Louis Cardinals. But back in the 50s, Nashville was an uh, affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds for many years. And there are still Cincinnati Reds fans in Nashville today. But he and his wife were gracious as he signed a ball for me. He also signed a ball or anything else that anyone brought to him. Dale Murphy was the same. He's not in the Hall of Fame, but I think he should be. He hung around with, uh, with some of us as we were getting the banquet room in shape after he arrived at the hotel. And he told story after story and signed baseballs for all of us who brought a baseball for him to autograph. 
And he, I tell you, he was like having your brother talking to you. He was comfortable in the space, very accommodating. He told stories and answered questions for us and expressed how grateful he was for the opportunity. And we were certainly grateful to be able to do that with him. And I love that Dale Murphy baseball that I've got autographed by him. A special moment for me was in 2014 when our banquet was held at the Millennium Maxwell House near Metro Center. A few of us were going to meet for lunch before setting up for the banquet that night. And when I arrived, I didn't see any of our gang. And I went into the restaurant, and there was Bobby Richardson and his wife sitting at the window. It appeared they had finished their meal, so I went over and excused myself for interrupting and introduced myself. They both told me that was fine. Bobby Richardson said, no, don't worry about that. We're finished. And he introduced me to his wife, who was just leaving to go up to their room. They had checked in the night before after arriving uh, from driving their, uh, from their home in South Carolina, and she was going to go rest. But Bobby asked what was on tap for the day. And I said, well, we're going to go into the, after we gather for lunch, we're going to go into the banquet room to, to place programs and uh, pocket schedules from the Nashville Sounds, Lipscomb University, Vanderbilt, and Belmont that they had provided for us and other information at each place setting. Well, when the others arrived, we sat down for lunch and Bobby joined us. He just stayed with us, not to eat, but to talk with each of us and like Dale Murphy to answer our questions and a story or two. We finished our lunch and Bobby went with us, assisting us with putting out the programs and such, and just a joy to be around. Later, he went up to his room to freshen up and maybe take a nap. And before he left, I asked if he would sign a ball for me. And he said, you bet. And he signed his name and he added pound sign or hashtag these days, hashtag one. That was his jersey number with the Yankees. And then he added Yankees 55 to 66 and 60 WS MVP, World Series Most Valuable Player. Now that was special to me and I'll tell you why. The season he was named World Series MVP was the first year I paid close attention to pro ball and had chosen the Yankees as my team as they are today. On my 10th birthday, 1960, my grandfather asked me who I was pulling for in the World Series, and I said, I asked, who's playing? And he said, the New York Yankees and the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I said, who are you for, granddaddy? And he said, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Yankees always win. So I thought, well, if the Yankees always win, that's my team. So I got real interested and watched them in that 1960 World Series and read about them in the newspaper and knew all the players, including Bobby Richardson. That was also the year that a player from a losing World Series team won the MVP for the series. All the other MVPs in the World Series have come from the winning team. And that's a special thing about Bobby Richardson's autograph and inscription on that baseball. Now, there are a few other autographed baseballs that are special to me, and they include like Negro Leagues player Butch McCord, played in the Negro Leagues for the Baltimore Elite Giants, the Chicago American Giants. Before embarking on his career in baseball in the minor leagues, he never made it to the majors. But for two seasons, he won a silver glove as the best first baseman 
in all of minor league baseball, and that's quite a feat. And you could go to Butch's house. He's deceased, but you used to be able to go to his house, and he would just tell story after story, show you newspaper clippings of some of the books that he had accumulated. It was just a joy to be around. He didn't want you to leave his house. He wanted to turn on a, a, a VHS tape of a Negro Leagues uh, documentary or something and watch it with him so he could explain it to you. And you couldn't always stay, but he was just a great delight and signed a baseball for me. Wayne Garland is a ball that I cherish. I faced Wayne Garland in the 1965 Babe Ruth State Championship in the semifinals. I told him once that he struck out 11, and I didn't know who the other eight were, but he struck me out three times. And that's my claim to knowing Wayne Garland. He went on to a successful major league career, first with the Baltimore Orioles, and then as a free agent signed, I think, the first million-dollar contract with the Cleveland Indians. Woody Hunt, not a lot of people know who Woody Hunt. If you know baseball in the mid-state, you know who Woody Hunt is. He won three NAIA championships with Cumberland University and retired two seasons ago. His son, Ryan, is in his second season at Cumberland as the baseball coach and is doing a dynamite job. I have an autograph of Andre Dawson, a Hall of Famer that I acquired at a banquet event down in Birmingham one year, and he was a real gentleman and has a great signature. Another one that I have is a little unusual. It's from a man named Jim Joyce. I'll give you a second to think about Jim Joyce. How do I know that name, you might say? Well, Jim Joyce called a player safe with two outs at the bottom of the ninth and spoiled Armando Galarraga's perfect game. And the sad thing about that is I think that still haunts Major League umpire Jim Joyce because the batter was clearly out, and Joyce called him safe. And I received this baseball from a friend of mine up in Larry D'Amato up in Portland who went to a baseball banquet where Jim Joyce was speaking, and I think he was speaking regretfully about that call. But I've got that nice baseball signed by Jim Joyce. Now, many years ago, I purchased a box of baseballs, 12 to a box, one with Brawling stamped on them and the other with uh, Wilson stamped on them, uh, with the Southern Association stamped on them too. Now, the Southern Association, Nashville was a member of that league from 1901 to 1961, along with Birmingham were the only two teams to stay in that league the whole time because the league went out of business after the 1961 season. Uh, the baseballs that were in those box, two boxes had a bit of a dark stain on them. Not bad, but it was due to the aging of the tissue that each one was wrapped in, and none of the balls had been used. They were not game-used baseball they, baseballs. They were new baseballs. So I've taken those balls to various events in case a former Southern Association player would be able to autograph one for me. And over the years, I've had attended the, the Southern Association Conference, which has been held over the years in, at Rickwood Field in Birmingham, where once Buck Riddle was our lunch speaker. He played with the Atlanta Crackers, and I've got his autograph on one. He wasn't a famous player, but I've got his autograph on a Southern Association baseball. A little bit more well-known is Alex Grammas. Now, Alex Grammas was a speaker there, but he played for the Memphis Chicks in 1950. Uh, he's most famous for being Sparky Anderson's third base coach during the days of the big red machine. The Cincinnati Reds had those great teams back in the 70s, and Alex Grammas, before he became the manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, was the third base coach for Sparky Anderson, who was the manager of the Reds in those days. 
I also have a Memphis Chicks jersey that I think is I can contribute it to Alex Gramas. He played for the Chicks in 1950. Number 10 on the back, well, due to programs where they listed the numbers of the players, Alex Gramas was number 10 that year. I also have an autograph by Al Worthington. I also received at, a, at an event down in Birmingham at Rickwood. He played for the Nashville in the early 1950s, later went to the majors with the Giants, and the Twins. And then there's Buddy Gilbert, who played with the Vols in 1958, 59, and 61. Everybody loved him. Good-looking guy. I talked to him just a few days ago. He still lives in Knoxville. And then there's one of my favorites, Bobby Dernball. He was a fan favorite, Nashville Vols infielder in the 1950s. I get to speak to him every now and then, too. He lives in Dayton. And Larry Taylor, who passed away in 2022, he was another infielder for the Vols that everyone loved. Uh, just everybody loved him. He's a good-looking guy, good good player. He met his wife, Betty Jane, in Nashville while he was a player here. Uh, when he left Nashville, he went to uh, Vidalia to coach, and then he left baseball to become the basketball coach at Berry College in Rome, Georgia. Later, became the baseball coach there, too. Bobby Dernbaugh met his wife at Sulfordale, too. Uh, Betty went to uh, East Nashville High School. Now, I'm glad to have those autographs, not only because I have their autograph on a ball, a memento to me that means something special, mainly because I was able to speak with them and converse with them and hear uh, their story or hear them tell about something that happened. Uh, so the memento is, is of the autograph ball is very special. It helps me bring back those memories of the time that we met. Now, the best Southern Association ball I have it was signed by Harmon Killebrew, a Hall of Famer. He was our old-timers guest speaker in 2009, and I asked him to sign one of those Southern Association baseballs, and he did without hesitation and gave it back to me. And when I told him it was a Southern Association ball, he took it back from me, turned it a little bit, and wrote Chattanooga Lookouts, 1957-58. Now, his autograph is pristine, and he told me he practiced his signature and encouraged younger players to do the same, as he felt if someone wants a player to sign something, it was an honor, and they should be proud of their autograph. Now, the cool thing about this ball is that he added the lookouts and years he played in Chattanooga. He would not have done that as an active player, would he? Yes, the others signed by Southern Association players are just as special, too, but Killebrews is about the best autograph I own. Now, there are more, but especially important to me are several team-signed balls from the National Balls, and they help me to treasure their stories in times they played at Sulphurdale. And maybe in the near future, I'll be able to talk a little bit about them, too. The autograph baseball collection is still ongoing as I am able. Well, I'm glad you joined me today. I want to tell you it's a special episode for me. It is ends a year of podcast episodes, season one. So next time it'll be season two, episode one. Uh, I started this at the encouragement of family and friends, but especially my nephew, David Nipper, who produced the music and also produces these uh, episodes each week. And I'm grateful to him because it's time-consuming and he just does a wonderful job. He's my digital guru, I've called him. And I'm grateful for him for not only his music, but also what he does to make this episode special, each episode special. So thank you, David. 
And if you've enjoyed listening for the last year or for just one episode, I hope you'll come back again and listen again and, you know, enjoy the baseball games that are getting ready to happen. The Major League Baseball season opens a few days. The Nashville Sounds, the colleges have already started. The Sounds open up in a few weeks also. There are always ball games that you can go to in Nashville, and I hope you'll enjoy those and appreciate them all for the effort that's going on. And if you get a chance, put a few baseballs in your car and take with you. Some player that you may ask to sign a baseball today may be a Hall of Famer in future years, and your family would be able to enjoy that, as you would, as I have, as it's brought back special memories for me. Thanks for listening.